0: Um, worship service that's just anointed, and uh, I'm so thankful. Before I even said, I'm so thankful that this church has got uh, the talent that it does. Come on, can we just can we get excited about that? That is such a blessing. And I remember I, I talked to Pastor Daphne, and I talked to my wife, and I talked to Jason, and I said, y'all, let's pray. I said, let's pray. This was a year ago. I said, we need to pray for worshipers to come here. And God has just blessed that. He has blessed that. And I'm so thankful. But it's always been a thing at First Assembly and Community Church. There's always been people. You know, I remember Brother Doyle, man. Brother Doyle Keith would get up here and he'd play that piano. And, y'all, you know, I remember when we got the piano. I remember when we got this piano. We were, People bought um, they bought keys and we raised all this money. And I remember we, that was it, man. That thing was Pastor Daphne's baby. You did not touch it. You did not look look at it it was her baby and i remember brother doyle would get up there and he would he'd play saints go marching in and he'd play all this stuff and he would drag his thumb across and you would hear them keys just go snap nap. and and you would look at pastor daphne and she'd just be like Pff. you know and i'm and she's probably praying in the spirit but you know um but anyway i i i think of something i had a friend and he was very dear to my heart and um when I, when I think about the goodness of God and I, and I think about, you know, I'll go through a worship service like this, and it's just, it's, you feel that anointing, you feel that spirit, and you know what he would say? He would say, ain't God good? And I just, that's all I think about, ain't God good? And so, I want to share with you tonight um, something that, uh, uh, let's talk about something that will get you in trouble real, real quick, and that is your tongue. Have you ever said anything have you ever said anything that you immediately regretted? Wives, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything right now about, about your husbands. You don't have to say anything about your husbands. I know some of y'all were thinking, listen, uh, I want to talk about this, but my title tonight is Check Your Temp. Check your temperature. Listen, you know, um, I remember when I was a kid, we had these things. If you got sick and you didn't want to go to school, your mom's coming in and she's going to take this thing and jam it in your mouth had to go under your tongue and if you were like if you were skilled you were like ferris bueller man you could wait till mom walked out of the room you'd be like warm it up really fast with friction or sticking in a light or something and my mom was a nurse so nothing like that worked and um So anyway, but they would check your temperature. Now we're very familiar with getting our temperature checked because, I mean, everywhere you go, what do they do? They come out with this thing. And at first, maybe you thought you was getting held up with like a laser gun because they come out and they got it like turned sideways. You know, that's a kill shot when they turn it sideways. And so they come out with that thing and they want to check your temp. Man, you you can't even hardly go like in Taco Bell now without getting your temperature checked. And so I was thinking about something. I was thinking about a verse from Revelation chapter 3. We've been going through in my Grow You class. We've been going through the book of Revelation. And we, we went through chapter 3 a couple of weeks ago. And this this verse, uh, these few verses that I want to read in just a second, they, they just stuck out to me. I was reading some cor- uh, not some correspondence, some commentary on this and learning. And um, it just really stuck out to me. But... One great way. Uh, I want to talk about some great ways to check people's temperature, because uh, in Revelation three, um, it says, uh, verse fourteen, it says, "And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and the and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works; they they are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold." or hot, so because you are lukewarm, everyone say lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. What? There's a there's one version that says I will spew you out of my mouth, and I like that because it's like, what spew. There was a kid that was riding in the back. There was like a youth, a kids trip or something, and. and you know, God's blessed the church, and we've got, we've, we have purchased a van to help go on trips. And from time to time, when I was a kid, we had church vans and we even had a bus one time. But listen, we, at, at some points, we would take a bunch of vehicles. We would just take cars. And I think that the kids' group was going to like JBQ, they were going to a junior Bible quiz meet or something. And there was a little girl in the back of this person's, somebody's personal vehicle. And she's like, hey, pull over. Let me tell you something. When children start saying, pull over. It's an emergency situation. It is an emergency situation. I didn't realize that. We learned that the hard way when we had our daughter. We went and bought a brand-new Jeep Cherokee, and we were so proud of it. And we said, hey, man, we need to go on a trip to this thing. So we are going to go up to the mountains, and we're driving up these little mountain roads. And she says, pull over. And I was like, calm down. She was like, pull over now. And I, and I didn't believe her. And guess what? Some spewing happened. And so, so this little girl... She said, pull over. And this guy's like, calm down, kid. Just pray about it. And so some spewing happened, and this dude that was like a volunteer for the church had to pull over and clean out all out of the seats and stuff. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you who the little girl was, but you can ask. Uh, You can ask around and you'll figure it out. Anyway. uh, But he says, and this is Jesus speaking, and he says, I will speak spew you out of my mouth now you 've heard this before you 've heard this these verses preached before you 've heard this teaching before, but i want to I want to unpack it a little bit. You see Sea and water was known to be nasty what was there was a place you used to go to and it, there was on the on the menu it was a restaurant it said don't drink the water and I remember thinking what what is this even talking about but there are places you go and you don't want to be drinking the water. Sometimes you sit down at any restaurant in Spring Hill, and you say, bring me some ice water, and you take a good swig of that, and what all you can taste is some door cheat. Come on. My mom, anytime we went to a restaurant in Shreveport, she'd get water because she's like an excellent water drinker. If you need water drinking tips, go talk to my mom. She can tell you all about it. She can coach you on drinking more water, but listen, anytime we go somewhere, she and she'd be like, ah, oh, this tastes like the Red River, and uh, Bad water. Well, so there were places in the Roman Empire that had great water. There were places that had hot springs, and they had the hot water that could be used for a bunch of different things. And there were places that had cold water. But Laodicea had nasty water. I don't know who was running the water department over in Laodicea, but they probably need to be fired. Okay? They probably made too much money and didn't do enough work. So listen, they had nasty water. And so so Jesus saying this to them, saying, I will spew you out of my mouth because you're like nasty water. That was a personal thing. That was personal to these folks. And so, the thing was, it was a rich place. It was the home of of banking, and in fact, uh, there was an earthquake that knocked almost the whole city over. And Rome came in and said, "Hey," they said, "Hey, can we can we give you a loan to rebuild your city?" And Laodicea said, "No, we've got enough money." And so, so he says, "You might be rich, and you might be prosperous, but it doesn't matter because you're nasty still." Come on, that is challenging because I know that I've been in a place in my life that I looked okay on the outside and I felt pretty good. But on the inside, I was all kinds of messed up, all kinds of nasty stuff going on in there. So, but let's talk about temp. So lukewarm, that's not good. That's neither hot nor cold. How can you tell somebody's temperature? How can you tell if someone's lukewarm? I want to talk about the tongue. I want to talk about this thing. Uh, The Bible speaks about it in so many places. The Bible speaks about speaking. And it says that the tongue is a small organ, it's a small piece of your body, but it can cause the most damage. How many of you know if that's true? Especially in today's world where we're all, the time, uh, we're all the time talking, all the time communicating. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in a comment section online, but get out of there real quick, okay? Get out while you still can because there are some, there's some evilness, man. And so people get, they get ahead of themselves, and I'm bad about doing this. I, my brain or my tongue outruns my brain like by a long way. And I remember times when I thought, I'm going to say something. And I've had times with, in, in, in communication with my spouse, godly communication, you know, like you have, intense fellowship moments. It's okay. And I remember thinking, sometimes, sometimes I'm going to just say something. And so my, brain, my tongue would go, it would get on the bullet train, okay? And my brain was still on a mule cart, all right? And, and my tongue would go, woo! And I would be like, yeah, well, you know what? Something. And I remember one time I said, I said it to my wife, I said something to her, and, and, and she just turns around and she just goes. And I was like. <laughs> and it's like, I like your hair. Like, we have a no-kill policy at this church. That's what I, so listen, language is the first way to tell. And I'm going I'm to just talk tonight, okay? Is that okay? All right. Listen, Luke 6.45 says, The good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Let me read that last part one more time. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Come on. I want to just, just break this down. I don't see how some people say the things they say to other people. And I've been mad and I've been upset. But there are people out there that say the most hateful things. And you sit here and you wonder, how can, they just, how can they just try to tear somebody down? How can they do, You know what? Because they're messed up in their heart. They're messed up in their heart. Me and Pastor Daphne were having a conversation just a little while ago talking about somebody worried about someone sinning. And they were worrying about the thing they did in their sin. And I said, here's the thing. We, we don't need to worry about what they're doing sinning. We need to worry about their heart. Because once that gets fixed, the everything else will be okay. Everything else will stop. And so when you see somebody and they just, man, they just talk so nasty and they talk so ugly and it just, man, it breaks my heart sometimes. But listen, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 29, he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. How many of you have ever forgotten to say some grace to someone? Let's have an altar call right now. How many of you have forgotten to give some grace on the highway? Hey, boy, he's, that man. That man is meddling now. That man is meddling right now. Ooh. Sometimes you forget to give grace even in your thoughts. And let me just warn you. And let me warn myself because it happens to me too. But you start thinking nasty things. The next step is saying or doing those nasty things. And so what should you do when you are upset and you're frustrated? How many of you ever got frustrated at the grocery store? Let me tell you something. There are two things that make me really upset at the grocery store. I love motorcycles. I do. I really do. I do. But one thing that drives me crazy is when I pull up and I think I have a parking spot. And I say, yes, there it is. That's a blessing. And I start to pull in and there's a motorcycle sitting there and I couldn't see it. Man, park somewhere else. Motorcycle? It's, I probably caused that problem too. So, And the second thing is when... You're walking around. Where's Alyssa? Okay, hey, I appreciate you so much. The second thing is when you go and you've got some stuff. And it, to me, I don't know if every guy in the world does this, but you probably do. But you go in the grocery store, and all of a sudden, you look over here, and they have these things. They're, they're, they just invented these. They're called shopping carts. You heard of these? They exist, Jared. They have wheels. Yeah, yeah. Guys don't use those. We go in there, and we, and we, and we know, man, we know that we're going to get the heaviest items. I'm going to get me a 24-pack of Coca-Cola and a jug of milk and eggs. And what does the man do? He goes and he says, I'm strong. I'm going to pick all that up. And so you go, and and you're sitting here thinking this was a bad idea, but I'm not going to do anything to to do better. And, you know, hopefully somebody has left their cart unattended and you can just steal it and repent (laughs) repent later. (laughs) Maybe that's happened, or else you're going to go up to the front and you're just going to be standing there praying, if you're at Brookshire's, that Austin comes by and helps you pick your stuff up. Or... (laughs) And so you get up there and you're looking around and you're like, man, I'm about to die. My arms are about to fall. And there's not, there's like, there's two checkers and there's 47 people checking out. And you're like, I can't do this. I need strength, Lord. And so, but you get frustrated. So what do you do? Let me tell you something. When that thought starts in your head, you've got to stop it. You've got to give it away to Jesus. You've got to say, God, help me with this thing. Something that really just, just, man, it, it just gets me is language. I'm going to preach for a minute. Let's see. I got, I got time. Don't look back there. I got time. There's two things Christians do that drive me crazy. The first one is they swear like sailors. Come on. I don't care if you watch TikTok and you heard that word on TikTok. If Jesus has redeemed you and you're walking in faith, stop saying it. Stop saying it. Well, it's cool. I'm going to be cultural. It's funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is 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 that the attitude Jesus had? No. And that's, listen, I understand that language is cultural and that everybody else is doing it. Yeah. You know what? You carry that attitude. You carry that attitude. See where it gets you because I'm going to follow Jesus and Jesus never did anything that was cultural to be cultural. Come on. Jesus didn't do things because everybody else was doing it. No. And if you want to be an effective follower of Christ, you've got to be countercultural. Yes, you exist in a community. Be part of your community. Love your community. Be relevant to your community. Serve your community, but stand up. Okay? Now, here's the thing. So, we're talking about saying ugly words. What happens? Pastor, I said a cuss. What do I do? Pray about it. Pray about it. God help me. God help me with my mouth. You know what? Um, a, lot of my, a lot of my firemen, they come up to me and they'll, they'll, they'll say this stuff. and they say, Oh, I'm sorry, preacher. I'm like, bro, don't talk to me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you. Listen, redeemed folks. He didn't just redeem your feet so you could walk with him. He redeemed your mouth so you could talk with him. Come on, somebody. The second thing that Christians do that I don't get is they they tell the nastiest stuff. I mean, I don't need to know how things are going after your kids go to bed. Can I be real? Can I be real with my church family? Listen, listen, it's funny, it's funny, but it betrays how immature you are in your walk with Christ. When you, when you take something as sacred as a gift that God has set you up, between, set up between you and your spouse, and you go and throw that around, that, is, that upsets me. That really upsets me. Not because it's nasty, It's just, listen, family, that is a holy thing. That is a sacred thing. And when you minimize that and turn it into a joke, don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, Paul talks about it. He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Can I just say something? When you tell that kind of stuff, when you think it's funny, you're corrupting. You're corrupting. And you may not know this, but there are always, everybody touch your ear real quick. Yeah, that's what you hear with. I gave you two of those in one mouth. Listen, there's always someone with little ears listening. I don't care where you think you are. Y'all, my kids hear things, and I'll be outside. I'll be talking to the dog, Jason. And my son will be like, Yeah, yeah, I heard what you said, Dad. I'm like, that was a private conversation. What do mean and the dog? Mind your business. listen, there's always there's always little ears listening. family, we've, we've got to do better on that. Come on. and I was, I was embarrassed, y'all, and, and maybe I should have been, but somebody told an ugly joke, and me and Brittany, we did, absolutely did not get it. And they were like, we think pastor and I was like. I have no idea what you're talking I said it, I have no idea what you're talking about. And um, you know, it's kinda, oh, what? Are you an adult? Yeah, but listen, guys, we don't, have, we don't have space for that. We don't have space for that. If that's something you've been doing, I just wanna challenge you to just slow it down and stop it. Slow it down and stop it. Listen, you need to be using your gift of speech to minister to build people up, to speak life into people's lives. The second thing I want to talk about, that you can t- check a temperature, that you can tell temperature, that you can tell if somebody is, is on fire hot or ice cold or just lukewarm nasty, getting spewed out of Jesus' mouth. Listen, the second thing is attitude. Uh, Philippians. Says, Philippians 2 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have you ever met anybody that just had a terrible attitude? had a terrible attitude it will take the life out of a room it'll take the life out of a situation and when I was a young uh young and and I'm I'm kind of getting on to my next point here but when I was a young minister learning how to preach there were some folks in this church that had a bad attitude and they would let you know they're like man you didn't really preach that good like (laughs) thanks bro Listen, attitude means a lot. Attitude means a lot. And so I want to make sure that as I walk with Jesus, as I follow him, that I place others above me, okay? That I'm not trying to push others out of the way and get ahead of them in line and get better results than them. Listen, because you don't have to worry about those things, Sue. You don't have to worry about, hey, hey, does the world see me? Listen, you don't need to worry about that because... Jesus sees you, come on, and my daughter was upset because somebody made fun of, somebody said something about a toy she had, and she said, well, they had a, they had, they said my toy was not the real version of, of, of a toy, she had a doll, and there's like a more expensive thing, it's similar, and, um, and she was like, what do I do with that, I said, let me tell you something, I said, you're a princess, she's like, I am? Because little girls, you know, that princess stuff, man. She's like, I'm a princess. I'm like, yeah, you're a princess. I said, because, and then it, I had to explain this. She said, does that mean you're a king? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then it got really confusing. And I told her about Jesus. And I told her about how he's the king. And how we belong to him. And that makes us royalty. So it doesn't matter if someone has a problem with you. It doesn't matter if someone's got something better than you because you are a people set apart you are a royalty you're royalty come on i want you to be thinking about that when 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 something goes wrong and that attitude starts to mess up and that attitude starts to get where you just want to be mad and upset about something and the way you the way you react you shouldn't react i love tony dungy used to he coached the indianapolis colts they won a super bowl He's, he, I love listening to Tony, but he says never react, but instead respond. Attitude, attitude, attitude. You can tell the temperature of somebody without putting a little thing on their head. You can tell where they stand, if they're lukewarm, hot, or cold by attitude. The third thing is output. Output. How do you treat people? How do you speak to people? Let me just share this with you. This is from Pastor Denny Duron. I love this. This quote, it says, criticism isn't Calvary. Let me say that again. Criticism is anti-Calvary. Why? What does that mean, Pastor? Listen, Calvary is redemption. Calvary is forgiveness. And so when you get stuck on criticism and you get stuck on, well, that's That stinks. What you did stinks. I'm so mad at you. I disagree with what you did. And, and, and here's the thing that we get stuck on. It's just such a, it's so infectious. It's so addicting. But you get online and you begin to read the news. And what do you do? You immediately get mad. And I've been kind of guilty of this the past few weeks. Because I I, I said, well, I want to be up to date. I want to know what's going on. And there's nothing wrong with knowing what's going on. But just make sure that if you do know what's going on on earth, you need to remember that God still got it under control. Okay? And so you, get, you, you see people that do things you don't agree with, and maybe they're celebrities, maybe they're politicians, and what do you do? You start griping. You start talking about how stupid they are. Ah, man, is that Christ-like? That stings, y'all, because I am so guilty of that. I'm so guilty of watching politicians and celebrities do things and gossiping and saying, man, that was stupid. That was so dumb. That's not Christ-like. Listen, output is a good way to check temperature. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it, y'all listen to this, will eat its fruits. What? Those who love the tongue will eat its fruits? Let me tell you what that means. That when you get out here talking about people and talking down to people and using what God gave you to speak life, to speak death, get ready because it's coming back your way. You're going to have to eat it. You ever, we say eat crow. You need really eat a crow. I don't know what it tastes like. I've eaten a lot of metaphorical crow, but I've never had an actual physical one. Um, maybe somebody can hook us up at Beast Feast. I don't know. Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. It shall succeed... In the thing for which for which I sent it. Listen, when you speak, it's gonna be heard. We already we already kind of talked about this. It's gonna be heard. Little ears, big ears. Somebody is gonna hear what you're saying. That message is gonna be received. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you speak. Your words have power. Proverbs fifteen four says a gentle tongue is a tree of life. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Let me tell you one of the quickest ways to figure out if somebody loves Jesus, if somebody is a kingdom person, if they follow Jesus, is listen to the way they respond to a situation they don't like. Because people that, are, that don't know the peace of Christ Sometimes they start freaking out and they start screaming and they get mad and cuss and holler. But those that have peace in their heart, they're calm. And they might be upset and they might be mad, but they respond with this calmness and this peace. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. You have an opportunity almost daily especially if you deal with the public, especially if you're in customer service, to speak life into situations. I was reading a text someone sent, and uh, they, were, they were dealing with a situation. A, a guy was accusing them of stealing. They were accusing them of doing a bad job at their business. And the guy just said, Sir, thanks for contacting me. Have a nice day. And, and that was the end of the conversation. And you know what? They could have probably said something really smart. They could have said something and, and really got that person that was acting a fool. But they just dealt with it peacefully. How many of you have ever engaged in a, in a reaction, conversation like that, and then immediately immediately felt like, I shouldn't have done that? You went with it. You went with your, your, your tongue got ahead of your brain. and You said, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I spewed death when God's called me to speak life. We're probably all guilty of doing that. So pay attention. That's the third way that you can tell, you can check a temp, spiritually. Revelation uh, 3, 19 says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. For just a couple of minutes, I want to look at this. This is Jesus talking again. This is the end of that. We skipped a couple verses. But he's telling them, repent. Repent from what you've done. Conquer. What does that mean? Overcome. Listen, you're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. And so I think one of the hardest things for us to do as Christians, one of the absolute hardest things to do, is to conquer this thing right here. And I know people that have followed Jesus for a long time, or they said they have, and they still have issues. They still speak in a way that's, that doesn't build people up. They still go off. And some people kind of carry that as their, their identity. I knew a guy who was a youth minister, and that was his, kind of his calling card. Hey, youth pastor has a really bad temper. Don't mess up. And I remember the day I met him, It was a very conservative church, and I walked in, and I had on flip-flops. My hair was spiky, and I had earrings on and cargo shorts, and I had a shirt that said Walking Dead on it. I was like, hey, Pastor, (laughs) hey, can I be in the program? He's like, shut the door. And then I learned, like, and this little, there was a girl sitting there. She said, Jesus, help him. And so I learned, like, this guy had his, and that was his identity. That was his calling card. He has a bad attitude. Man, I don't want to be like that. Man. That's tragic. You're following Jesus. You're ministering. And that's how people know you as somebody that freaks out. No. There's so much more. There's so much better. But we've got to be conquerors. We've got to conquer this thing right here. And it's so hard. So I want to do something as our worship team comes back. This is something that we all struggle with. Your pastor struggles with this because your brain. Your brain wants to react to situations. And so what I want to do is just for a few minutes, I want us all to find a place to pray. I want us all to find a place to listen to the voice of God. And what I want us to pray about as a family is having the ability, having the the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit, through knowing that we have a champion that fights for us, and a redeemer that died for us. I want us to pray that we have the ability to conquer that tongue, to conquer that that mouth that wants to speak those things, because it's a big deal. Listen, if you can get to where you speak life, God's gonna use you. If you can get to a place where you don't speak death into situations, God's going to use you to minister, and that's exciting because I know for a fact that He's called each and every one of us. So let's do that. Let's find a place to pray. They're going to begin to worship. Now let's just pray for a few minutes, God. I just pray right now for my friends and family, God that we that we have firstly the maturity.